Hello everybody, this is Fox from Grapple Arcade. Coming back once again. It's been a long time actually since I've done this, Lee, mate. It's uh, it's been a few months since I've interviewed anybody. Just you to be focusing on other little projects, but it's uh, it's wonderful to be back, especially to uh, chat with yourself about something pretty interesting indeed. Uh, this is Lee from Avantgarde Wrestling. How are you doing, mate? Well, thanks very much, mate. Um, some some welcome that is. Um, some introduction. Avantgarde Wrestling, twentieth of August. We'll get that in there straight away. Absolutely, straight <laughs> off the bat. It's a new one for me. This I've never I've never interviewed anybody um, prior to um, a debut promotion. You know, like uh, obviously your promotion you've started promoting on Twitter and on social media for the last couple of months or so now, from what I've seen personally. Um, and I'll be honest, man. Like when it came out, I was like, "What's this?" Straight away, read read the sort of the little bio on the on the footnote on Twitter on your um, on your handle, and. As soon as you start mentioning wrestling, art, worlds collide, straight away got us. I looked at some of the names that you tagged into a couple of your original posts there. I'm pals with Benji, and I was straight on the phone to Benji asking, mate, what's avant-garde wrestling? What's it about? Who are they? It sounds very interesting. And he said, it's going to be class. That was the first thing and the only thing he said. I was just like, cracking. It's all I need to know. So then give yourself a shout. And then here we are, man. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really excited to hear what you've got to say about it. I'll give a little introduction to myself. Um, obviously, my name's Lee. Um, I'm 34. This isn't uh, a, a date website I'm going on here. I am. That's what you think. <laughs> I am. You think. <laughs> I am promoting. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been a fan, a wrestling fan for Jesus since since I was born. Mate, I'm I'm in the 80s, 90s. You know, grew up in Hulk Hogan, then The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, all all big characters, and that that's what I see wrestling as. You know, mm-hmm. um, sadly for the last fifteen years, I wouldn't class myself as a wrestling fan. You know, it's 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 gone in a different direction. Um, I don't know if it's uh, the same formula as before, or I mean, we can get into that and what what we think the product is now and what what it used to be. But um, again, I'm I grew up on the eighties and nineties, and the, for the past fifteen years, yeah, I'll see like little little clips and stuff like that that will maybe draws in for for a little bit. But I just feel feel like I've been burnt as a fan for the last fifteen years that I, where I just kind of I kind of connect my enjoyment and my you know what 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 I watch. You know, it's it's kind of diverted into different things. You know, but going back to why I've opened up my own wrestling show. If you'd said to me, Lee, are you going to do it, you, your own wrestling show? I'd probably would have, I would have said, what? You know, I just don't <laughs> excuse the pun there, you know, but uh, if you if you asked us that what, last year, five years ago, 10 years, 15 years ago, even 20, you know, 20 years, I know I'm not that old, you know, but I've said I'm 34. <laughs> Again, I'm rambling. I would have said, you know, yeah, what? It's 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 kind of like a niche a niche thing wrestling anyway. Um what Weird Tunes is more of a, a niche of a niche thing, um with the tagline live wrestling with a creative difference and that's that's what I think we are, Foxy, you know. Mm-hmm. Something with a creative difference and um you know, all the local wrestling shows they do their thing and they do quite well. So why would we bring another another wrestling show to the market that's just just aimed at at, at the at, at what wrestling is for them nowadays, you know. I, I, this is kind of a throwback to what we used to remember, you know, the characters, the stories, the 
and that for me that's what that's what people get invested in you know it's it's a we're very cinematic based with the promos and stuff like that very promo heavy to where wrestling kind of takes the back seat um and i think that's i think that's what people are interested in again i'm generalizing but you know the wider audience not so much the wrestling audience um, like movie buffs and people that are into that sort of the t- entertainment and theatre and stuff like that, they're all about the the stories and the the characters and you know the the live performance. That's kind of just an add-on. So I know I've rambled for a good couple of minutes there. I've hit a few <laughs> little not trigger words. Mate, like not that. at all. Not at all. It's great to hear somebody that's got that much enthusiasm about something that they're setting up and getting into, and you know. You mentioned there that you're you're aware of the the, the different promotions in the northeast. Am I right in thinking that you've you've been a wrestler as well, Lee? Have you have you you've wrestled for some of these promotions in the past? Yeah, I've, I've done I've wrestling. I wrestled under um, the tutelage of Rampage Brown and um, Screwface. Um, so I've got a good knowledge anyway on wrestling um, as as a wrestler. But you know, learning learning from them week in week out is um, well, you know, it's it's take take me places where I thought never thought I'd go, you know. Um abroad, wrestled abroad and stuff like that. So it's, you know, um for as much as I can, you know, have a go at wrestling nowadays and stuff like that, I can't um have a pop at um the, the way I was brought through, the way well, I was trained. Absolutely. You know, I, I think a lot of people, you know, the names that you mentioned there, um people who know wrestling, especially in the Northeast, but it's not just the Northeast, nationwide are familiar with those names, you know, and they're both absolute quality tutors as well from everything I've heard about them both. So it's a it's a case of good crop, <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Um, and I suppose as well, linked to that, when it came to your decision making to think, right, it is time to start something a bit different. What was it that sparked that? What was the initial kind of right? Was there a trigger? Was there something that made you think? No disrespect to what else is going on. You've got um, more family-orientated shows. You've got more adult-orientated shows. What what you want to do, as you've mentioned there quite eloquently, is to to bring more of the art and the character um, into into the main focus. Was there something that kind of where a penny dropped in your thought? Now is the time, or was was it just something that's been building for a long time? What's the best way to describe that? Yeah, so, you know, as a wrestler, you know, it came to to a point where, you know, I was physically not looking after myself, you know, and it was, the shows were coming thick and fast and stuff like that, and, you know, I had to check my ego, you know, and I was was still training, training so hard, I was, you know, going to every, I was, I was, I was effectively doing what, what the, what the image is, you know, if you you train hard and you 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 don't miss a show, you you, you know you you don't miss a training session, you know you you'll get where you want to be, you know. But sometimes you've got to listen to your body. Mm-hmm. And it was just I was so burnt out from it, you know, and mentally because I couldn't I couldn't walk, mate. I could, you know, like I was I was on a quite high profile show, um, and one of my one of my mutual friends. He brought someone along who I, who I, who I, who I didn't know, who was a, um, a chiropractor by, by, by trade. And as soon as I walked out, he went to my, he went to my mutual friend and my friend. He went, 
what's up with his back? You know, he, he got that from, from me just walking out from, from the curtain, you know? Wow, yeah. Um, so, you know, but I was never going to stop, you know? <laughs> it was just never in us, you know? But it got to the stage where it was, it was affecting my performance. And because I know it was affecting my performance, it was affecting my, my mental state as well, you know? So I had, I had to take a, I thought I was done with wrestling. I thought I'm, I'm not going back to this. And I saw, I saw wrestling for, for, for some, I was, I was partaking in something that I wasn't really, you know. Yes, I, I love wrestling and stuff like that. But like I said, the the formula of what I think wrestling is, I thought, why am why am I effectively breaking my back for a formula for a product that I like? I don't. I'm not going to say I don't rate, but I, you know, because they're you, they're in their own right that do good shows and stuff like that, but I can't really relate to in, in terms of the content, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I, I step away from wrestling. But going back to to your point there, what what made me want to do a wrestling show? Um, it was ne- it was never in the the, the thought process. Um, I'm a I'm a filmmaker, you know, I'm a, um aspiring. Um, producer, you know, um, filmmaker, and I do do um, little short short movies and stuff like that. And I just had a, I just had a little light bulb that that went off, and I just thought, you know, I, I, AEW was just kind of taken off as well. And um, Nick Amondo, he does a lot of like that, a lot of film film work for them and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm a big big fan of his of his art, of his, his content, you know? Yeah, and I yeah. thought, you know, I thought, well, he does bits for, for wrestling. I thought, why, maybe I could do bits for wrestling and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then it went from, maybe I can do bits for wrestling. Maybe I can, you know, go out and film people, film, film people's promos. And I thought, why don't I just do my own show? You know, so it, it went from like a, a very small, like, little, a small little light bulb into a huge, you know, a, a huge thing, you know, and it's, it's, this is where we've got to today, you know, the 20th of August, you know, we're, we're on. We're counting know, down um, the minutes, man, we're counting down the minutes, let alone yeah. the days. It sounds, I don't know, I, I don't know where we, how we've got to this point, you know, because <laughs> me, me and my small team, I mean, me and um, the lad that I go out filming with, it's, we're full of squ- squabbles and we're full of, you know, um, collaborating ideas and stuff like that, but I I enjoy that man as as long as it's good, um, good healthy arguments and stuff like that on content and stuff like that. Yeah, that, that's that's what it's all about. It's all about getting the the best content possible that we physically can, so the audience can enjoy it. Hopefully, enjoy it, you know, and get like I say, giving something different to the fans, you know. I completely appreciate that fully. Um... Just for your benefit, Lee, my background is um, in music production and art and all that kind of stuff. So I completely appreciate where you're coming from in terms of having that healthy discussion, that healthy de- healthy debate whenever you're, you're jamming or writing or recording, whatever it might be. It's part and parcel of the process, and that's how you, interesting new concepts kind of evolve when, when worlds collide almost, I suppose is a good way to put it, when little little things sort of come out of nowhere that you weren't necessarily expecting, but you roll with that, don't you? And you're able to take that and curate it into something really interesting. And it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing to see it, to, to see come together. And I think much like yourself, I was inspired a lot by a particular time frame 
for me, I started watching in, in I was lucky enough to to start watching in eighty nine when uh, my dad got a sly uh, satellite dish from uh, Pete the Fisherman down the down the workman's club, you know. Oh Pete, there are no <laughs> you know Pete there. Yeah, we are man. But he's he's probably on your show, Pete the Fisherman man. He's a, he's one of those characters, you know, he's a gimmick. <laughs> um but he's uh he was a good lad. But uh we had um we had some uh, interesting, you know, sketchy satellite channels and that. But one of them was able to broadcast some WWF American wrestling at the time. I didn't know what it was, but you you, you soon appreciate what it was as soon as it comes on your screen. And ever since then, I was a fan. I was hooked. But my timeline, my my preference, my the the biggest impact of wrestling on my life, and I'll go back and watch it every night. No, you know, if I, whenever I get an opportunity to sit down and think, I'm gonna chuck a bit of wrestling on, I'll go back to the same timeline, and it's usually end of '92 to the end of '96, because of how yeah. shit the characters, in my eyes, amazing the characters were. Um, yeah. That's that's what I'm drawn to, and that's. When I was, uh, I did a when I did my degree in music production and music business, I'll, that I, I focused it on music theme tunes, like for wrestlers. That, that's what I kind of focused. I wanted to to go down that route and sort of uh, put a lot of character into what I was writing and why I was writing what I was doing. And I used wrestling. I stood up. I remember to this day, mate. I stood up in a music business class in a hall in front of about 100 other students who were given their own sort of presentations on a board at the front, and mine came up with wrestling theme tunes, and I got a laugh, you know, as you do, because it's that kind of thing. It's such an interesting, like, topic and weird and and to be laughed at, so to speak. And it was the highest graded score I've ever received. It was like 92% or whatever it was during this degree. And it was because of the thought process of what goes into it. Because when you start thinking of wrestling, no matter how creatively you are as a person, you can't help but tap into the business element of it as well. And it's because it all intersyncs so much with each other. Every single character is purposefully designed to be able to win over people's pocket money. You know, it's as simple as that. What can look mint as a figure? What can look mint as a sticker? What can look mint as a card? And if that person in that ring under that costume, under that face paint or whatever, can pull that off perfectly and really well, then then it's you're on for a hit. It's as simple as that, really. So I think the world's kind of crossover so much, and I've, I, I love it all, me man. I, you can probably, yeah, it, I'm just rambling myself now, but I absolutely love it all. So the fact that when I found out that there was a promotion starting in the northeast that intermingled, it went back to that whole idea of creating characters and focusing on characters and cinematography. I got excited, so that's why we got in touch. But um, speaking of your, your inspirations. Um, you mentioned yourself there that the early 90s was your kind of timeline. So talk us through a bit of that, man. The, the, you growing up watching wrestling, who you watched it with, how it all came out, your favourites, etc., etc. I can't remember it. I must have been, a, I was only a kid, man. I must have only been about, I'm not exaggerating, about three or four. I know <laughs> yeah. three quite young, so I'll probably go with four. Um I was just just in the house, but I don't even know what I was doing. But I remember the conversation that ignited my interest. My brother come, my brother's two years older than me, so he's, he's six. We'll go with six. He's six. He comes rushing in. He's been to his mate's house, two two doors away. Again, good parent and mum, you know. Like he said, yeah. I'll just roam the streets. But well, again, that, <laughs> that, was a, that was a different time. It was. <laughs> he come rushing in and he went, Lee, Lee. And I went, what? And he went, 
I've just seen a video of men beating each other up, and I went, "Shut up, man!" Again, <laughs> this is not this is not the, the the proper transcript here. I'm, you know, I'm as little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I might be full of shit, you know. Bit of creative um, license. <laughs> so it, you know, uh, that intri- that intrigued me. I went, I need to see these people fighting. So anyway, I went up. Obviously, I asked me, mum. My mum just went, "Yeah, just get up here." <laughs> of course. We went, we went, we went to this the same mate's house, and I sat in front and I watched Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior, and I honestly, mate, like I was, I was, I was mesmerized, um, and also, uh, you know, like I saw Hulk Hogan, and man, that's what got us hooked. Hulk Hogan. I'm a Hulkamaniac, and I, I always will be, you know. Everyone say, who's your favourite wrestler, Hulk Hogan? He, he's, he's the one that started it for us, you know. And so, you know, that characters like that, you know, and I think that's why I got into, like, weight training and stuff like that. And and I I always had, like, um like bigger cousins and, like, uh, like my dad's quite big, you know. So I always had growing up, I'd be like, oh, Lee, you're going to be a big lad. So I, I had that, and looking at Hulk Hogan as like kind of like my my idols, you know, like my family, and then Hulk Hogan. So to me, the 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 image of a of what a stereotypical man looked like it was, you know, the 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 large pythons, you know, take your vitamins and stuff like that. That's that's you know, he was my hero, you know. Um. And like, you know, I think you touched on it before, you know, going through school about, you know, um, you had to kind of relate to like your work to like wrestling stuff because you, that's what you're into, you know? So like going through school, you know, it was, it was, I would do wrestling stuff, you know, like, you know, even through my teens doing like the, 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 cot, the, the crotch chop, you know, doing the DX thing and, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's, it's not, it's not cool being a wrestling fan, you know, and it's, it's when you find another guy that likes wrestling, it's very in, in the outside world. It's quite it's quite bizarre because it's you'll you'll only probably ever know he's a wrestling fan if he's if you if you get to know him a little bit. You know, it's not like, oh, did you watch Raw at, at the weekend? You, <laughs> you don't really you don't do that to strangers. Do you know what I mean? But you might say something and people go, oh, you're a wrestling fan. And I don't yeah. know what it is. Like, I don't know why. Maybe it's just a personal thing. Why, why you feel embarrassed to be a, a wrestling fan? And I think it's the stigma that goes with it. It's fake that you know. Or you, and I'm thinking, all oh, right, okay, you're going to say Santa's not real now. Like I don't, I don't know what it is because to me, again, I'm, I might be going off subject, Damien. I do no, apologise. No, hey, no, this is what it's all about. It's free flow, man. Go for it. But to me, wrestling is exactly what wrestling is. It's it's a performance. It's the best creative, say, energy performance that there can be. You know, we, 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 we've talked about Hulk Hogan. You know, in in today's wrestling, does he does he live up to it? I know you can't really compare eras, but you dumped if you dumped Hulk Hogan and put him in this era, would it, would he wash? Do you know what I mean? It's like, an interesting uh, one, isn't it? Because I, I know I, I've been trying to work this out for a long time, Lee, in terms of what it is that 
what that stigma is as such. And you're always going to get people to say, ah, well, look at wrestling fans, look at the state of them, blah, blah, blah. And you could say that about any group of people. You could say that about any kind of uh, subculture fan base, if you want to. You could say about specific music fan bases. Everybody's different, but there'll always be people who try and circulate a certain group and then pick on them, so to speak, and then use that group of people to kind of generalise an entire entity of people, blah, blah, blah. However, I, I've always wondered if it's this kind of wrestling's a bit of um it's a bit of an enigma in the sense that with anything else, any other kind of pop culture or any other sort of fandom, wrestling comes in waves. And I've only ever experienced this in terms of its popularity is what I mean by that. So I remember explicitly uh, in, in 1992 how massive wrestling was in the UK in 92 because of SummerSlam, because it was it took the UK by storm. Every single shop you went into had bloody British Bulldog, Legion of Doom, Hulk Hogan on pencil cases, backpacks, socks, the lot. You could get everything. And then for the next five years, now, like nothing. And then it was as if the wave had been taken away. And if you were still a fan when it wasn't popular, then yeah. you you were the whipping boy. Because it was like, how can you still be a fan of that? It was it was a popularity thing. It's gone. So how can you still be a fan of something? It's like how people laugh. I've, I can say this because I've got German family. <laughs> it's like when people laugh at Germans from being, for being 20 years behind everything else in pop culture reference about how you know, everybody sort of points and laughs at them because of how old-fashioned they are. With like, how, how can you still like you know, 1992 pop music, it's so popular over there kind of thing, you know. It's because it's it, it's waves of popularity happen so differently. And I've only ever personally experienced, like, another form of fandom where wave, waves happen in the same way. And it's another one of my massive passions, which is skateboarding. So, like, right. uh, late 80s, early 90s, well, late, uh, not early 90s, late 80s, mid-late 80s, skateboarding was big early mid 90s died an absolute death and then there was the, the birth of the rollerblades blah 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 everything else that went on around it then the massive boom again in the late 90s when the tony hawks games came out Tony Hawk. absolutely and then um kind of died a death again sort of like you know early mid 2000s a little bit of a resurgence but not a huge one maybe 10 years later and now we've come back to a boom period again because of the involvement with the olympics and stuff so it's kind of like it, it rides this wave, but if you happen to be a fan of it out of that period of time, you're seen as a smelly skater kind of grungy kid, you know? Whereas during the peaks, you're cool. You're a trendsetter, you know? And in, in a way, I think wrestling's got a similarity to, to, to that, if you see what I'm saying. 1992 boom, late 90s attitude era boom, and then in between, it's this kind of little lost world where it's difficult to know where you stand as a fan because nobody wants to align with you. <laughs> yeah, I, to- I totally, I totally agree, mate. And it's, you know, it, it's 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 that that thing as well. Like if you, um, like you said, you know, when the, when there's not a boom period, you 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 you're still a fan. But I think. It just became for me again. I'm not speaking for everyone that's a wrestling fan. Just for me, it seemed to be year after year after year, hoping and just praying that it would get better. Even when it went through a very very bad period, again, that was just my opinion. I still kept I still kept with it, and it, it just got to a point where I thought, why why am I still watching it when I'm getting no zero enjoyment from it? 
you know mm-hmm. is it an age is it an age thing where I've just got older and yeah, I've just wrestling's not cool to me anymore I, I don't think so you know because I, um, I, I always knew you know what what wrestling was even from a, from a young age you know it was a very performance based thing you know but um yeah, it's just it just got to the point where I just thought I don't have to have have to. It was pretty much like watching Newcastle, you know. I love <laughs> New, I love Newcastle United, but I don't always have to be a fan of yeah, everything yeah. that they do. Okay, do you know yeah. what I mean? I yeah. don't have to go to every every game if I if I'm not a, a fan of the the regime, you know. I yeah. can still maybe look out for the results. Do you know what I mean? And I still love Newcastle United, but I'm not. What, why should I spend money on it when I'm when I'm I'm getting very little in return, you know? But that's it's a great analogy. Now. That's no, it's a great analogy actually. It's um you're on point with that. I think it's the same if you're a film buff as well. That was a obvious example. Massive fan of Terminator One and Two. What happened after that? I don't know. But I'll not stop being a fan of Terminator. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's um it's you're absolutely right. I, I'm wondering as well. Whenever there's a boom period, I'm wondering, because I, I, I don't know if we're in one or not. This is the interesting thing. I can't tell if we're in a boom period or not. Maybe I just haven't got my finger on the pulse. I'm not following the product enough um, as much as I have done in previous times to to really appreciate where we are. Because social media is kind of, it's here now. Whereas in other boom periods that I've lived through in younger years, it wasn't there. So it's difficult to see what reality is and what it's not and who's hyperbole and who's not, you know, what's going on. Um, I, I don't know if we're in one or not, but one thing I have noticed is whenever there's, um, whenever there's, I want to say almost political unrest, whenever there's, um, a, a public, fight against the system whether for for the correct reasons or whether for the wrong reasons or whatever it might be whenever there's people who are angry in the public eye with what wrestling is or parts of wrestling for things that have happened or things that are going on whenever it reaches the sort of general public not just the inside wrestling crowd it coincides with to me it does anyway it coincides that were it's 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 in a it's riding the waves again and um, you know, whether it was the early 90s with the steroid trials, et cetera, et cetera, whether it was the late 90s with all of the um, the stuff that was going on, because it was, you know, it was 40, it was PG-14 TV, so there was a lot of uh, religious groups and a lot of, you know, anti, um, anti-sort of, you know, swearing, anti-whatever it might have been groups that were um, targeting it because of how it was, you know, infiltrating the youth, et cetera, et cetera. And it's when the, when the general public... Uh, made aware of things. For example, let's be straight, honest, and blunt at the point. Everything that's going on with Vince McMahon at the moment. And um, when it gets to that point where it reaches the general public, is it because wrestling's at that point where people are giving a shit about what's going on in in its in its world? So are we now actually at the top end of a bubble again, where it's where where the world's quite big and you know, you just got to look at the promotions that are going at the moment, you know, with, with WWE, AEW, as you mentioned before. I mean, people are either a fan or they're not a fan, regardless. They're going can, strength can, to strength. You know what I'm getting at? I can at? take certain enjoyment from things, you know. Yeah, like, that's it. That's it. I can, I can appreciate Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. You know, I can appreciate Danhausen. You know, these characters that I, I can... You know, I was more so when Jake Roberts was on on the scene and AEW was more invested. But of course, I keep yeah. dipping dipping in and out. 
to be honest, I actually begrudge seeing AEW on on my channels list. You know, when I go, when I go past, because I think, oh, I, I want to watch it, but I, d- I don't want to watch it, and it's a very strange mentality that I've got with it because it's like. I, I don't want. I don't want. To, I don't want to get invested again. I don't want right. to. Right. That's interesting. Give... That's interesting. You don't want to get invested again. That's a really interesting one. Why do you think that is? It just turned into a counselling session, hasn't it? <laughs> I think. Why, I think it's why just don't you because get... I, I think I've just been like burned by it by <laughs> yeah. as a yeah. fan. You know where it's like, don't yeah. you dare give me enjoyment. And then I'll see a clip of that damn house, and I'll go. And he'll he'll get chipped for saying, "Oh, well, this is not wrestling and stuff like that." And he'll he'll it's just very creative what he does. And I go, "Of course, it is. oh, this is this is good, you know. I, I like yeah, it, yeah. you know." And Orange Cassidy obviously he's got his style and stuff like that, and he'll get like his critiques. Like everyone, everyone gets their own critiques and stuff like that. But I'll just go, "Oh, this this is quite entertaining." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I love the Matt Hardy stuff and uh, um, you know Chris Jericho and you know. But, but, but to, to me, to, to, to round, to try and round off a point, it's um, it was all about the characters and the stories. Yes. And yeah. maybe even when I was, you know, growing up as a kid, and you know, I couldn't, I couldn't stay up because I was at school the next day. The pay per view would be on a Sunday night at two, at two a.m. It, it would finish at maybe like four o'clock, so I couldn't stay up and watch it. So I recorded it. So I'd make sure I get up in the morning and fast forward to see who won. Yeah, and to me that was more important who won that than kind of the actual match. And you go, lately what you're on about? It's you know all the all the intricacies of of wrestling and the holes and stuff like that. But I, I was such a huge fan to that point. I know the internet, and you've got spoilers nowadays and stuff like that. I just needed to know who who won, so I yeah. could go into school and go, oh, Kane came out with bad blood. It was his brother, and he'd, he turned stone the Undertaker, and uh, like, and they're like, Lee, what you're on about? I'm going, you know, like that year's build where like uh, Paul Bear mentioned that his, bro- that his brother's still alive. Well, he came out, he's this big red monster, and honestly, he's bigger than the Undertaker, and he bloody he tombstoned him. And like, all right, Lee, um, we've got our <laughs> next, you know what I mean? Like, they, yeah. Like, <laughs> But it was that it was that important to me where and I, like that's what I kind of want to make avant garde as you know it's like like characters you know and, and go oh Dara Diablo it, it's Bronson you know what I'm like it's it's or we've got um, Joshua Kodak oh he reminds me of one hour hold or he reminds me of of this he reminds little insin, insinuations of like of get making again I'm I'm going off topic here of Not getting. Letting the your audience tell their own stories within them characters. Oh, I think he's this. Oh, I think he's that. Or you know, and and building a story around said reactions on on, on you know. If you think if you if you're a chief for Joshua Kodak, we might we might turn and go oh, and give you a, a nice little you know like a little turn in the road there with a with a promo. You know what I mean? And and just taking the, taking the audience on a creative journey rather than wrestler A versus wrestler B but you know the certain wrestlers especially people who you've you know you, you've booked for the show who have got the ability to to work with the idea of, of characters and develop and go down your vision I suppose as, as, as a way of saying it yeah and it, it's the ability of change as well you um, know um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm under no illusions. What I, what I think I've come up with, do I think it's a very revolutionary thing? 
No, I don't. I think it's so easy to get a, it's so accessible now to get a, a very good quali- quality camera and just self-teach, self-teach yourself in basic um, videography. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right, I, I, watched, yeah. I, I watched, I watched a very high profile promo the, the other day from a very high profile company on, on the, on the circuit and the backdrop fell on the wrestler. And, right. And, she she says yeah and I'm gonna go for me dinner or something like that something quirky and then she she exited um, and I just thought why doesn't the producer the director or whoever's filming it just go can we do that again it just requires a little bit more time just so you can fix the backdrop up and it doesn't fall on the wrestler and it makes it look a bit silly this with, with characters for me like I'm. I'm somebody who pines, I literally pine for characters and depth. I, I couldn't give a shit how crazy they look, how much makeup they've got on, how many different layers of costume they've got on, the music they come out to. That's all amazing. I just want to see them invested in what it is that they're portraying as a, as a fan, you know, because that's why we watch. We want to get involved. We want we want to get invested in the character that they're portraying, and the only way you can is if, if is if they're invested in it, and the only way that they're invested in it, I suppose, is if they see that people around them are invested in it. It's like a self-fulfilling thing, if you know if you see what I mean. It's it's a, it everybody bounces off each other. So the fact that you're coming from a promoter from the stance of this is the the avenue we want to go down with characters and really interest in cinematography, then that's going to help them as performers elevate to get in, to, to, to get in that mindset. If you see what I'm saying, that's what I, that's, I can assume it's going to go down that route anyway, because, uh, you know, there's a lot of fun to be had with that. I really. I remember the other day, right. I was watching, I was watching some, some wrestling the other day and it's a match I've only seen once before. It was a Japanese match, but it was what was Hakushi, if you remember Hakushi, Jinsei Shinzaki, who was obviously, you know, early 90s WWF, um, against The Undertaker. It was over in Japan during Undertaker's kind of, uh, I suppose, not quite Ministry of Darkness days, but around that time frame, you know, around that sort of three-year time loop of the late 90s. And they were over in Japan. And the whole storyline was that... Hakushi had come back from the dead, <laughs> right? And he had like blood and dirt and filth. He was almost zombified to take on The Undertaker in what was a fucking brilliant match. <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant. But not just because of the abilities of both wrestlers, who generally speaking, if you'd see if that match had have, have taken place in WWF at any point in the early nineties, it would have been a squash, wouldn't it? You know, yeah. the Undertaker would have gone over Hercush in twenty seconds because the value wouldn't have been seen. But because the people who were booking knew exactly what the what they had with these two people and they were both heavily respected in that promotion, um, it was not only fantastic to watch as a fan, but that layer of additional, really in-depth character, um, the portrayals of them that they use in that ring. You've got the Undertaker, whoever knows, you know, the, the Dead Man, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then you've got Hakushi, who, for whatever reason, in this particular angle, is being brought back from the dead, and he's almost yeah. playing the concept of a zombie in his typical Hakushi clothing, but it's all been ripped. It's all as if it's been buried alive. 
Um, he's covered in blood, cuts and bruises. And during the match, all little quirks as if he was kind of a zombie as well. Just It was just absolutely mint. And it, it did make me realise there's not enough of that. Or whenever somebody attempts it in any of these companies, it's it's usually slagged off by other um, online wrestling personas who yeah. are actually a, char- a gimmick themselves doing that, you know? So yeah. um, Cornets of the World, his whole character and gimmick is shitting on certain things. Yeah. And that's how he makes his money. <laughs> that's that's how he draws, and that's how he's got a fan base, that's how he's got a Patreon, that's how people pay monthly to subscribe to listening and do that. And I don't know, it's a real interesting time that we're in with, with how online works in um, in regards to how it links up with what wrestling is or what it's trying to portray. Because I imagine that some people who maybe don't have the belief um, and the vision that you're currently showing that you want to go with, you know, they might they might think, you know what it is, it's not worth going down that route because I'm scared in case I get shit on for it. Well, so, um, um, so, sorry, Jackie, you, you kind of, you, you've touched on it there, you know. Why go down with it? Because I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Do, do you not think, do you not think I'm scared? Interesting. Interesting. Eight stone, six foot, five eleven. But we'll just say six foot because it makes us sound bigger <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and harder. Yeah. You not think that I'm not having sleepless nights, you know, or you know, just making sure that I put on a good show, which it will be a good show, 20, August twentieth um, at the Jubilee Club in Newcastle. <laughs> um, of course, and, and, that, and let's not just talk about wrestling, but in life as well. Why? Why do we go for this job? Why do we? Why do we walk this way instead of that way? Why do we? You know, of course, there's a, a fear factor in in anything you do. But if we just all didn't go with a positive energy, or a, if we didn't try it, then we'll just live in that fear. Then, or we'll just we'll not live in the fear because the fear won't be there. We'll just live in a comfortable space, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've lived in that comfortable space. So when I stopped the wrestling, uh, about four years, comfortable, you know, doing my night, doing my nine to five, that's fine. You know, fam- family man, yeah, that's great, you know, but there was still that itch, you know, and to, was there an itch to put on, go back into wrestling? Was there an itch to go back into creating a wrestling show? Or was there an itch, itch just to itch that creative energy that I've got and I thought that, that's where my itch is so I'm going to scratch it Damn right. Damn <laughs> see how I brought that background there mate I was, I was quite clever there because I mentioned itch a few times there so I thought I'd scratch it <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get really itchy otherwise man yeah it is it's a camomile lotion if you're not careful yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, where was I right okay so let's scratch this, this, this creative this, this creative side that I've got you know and I, I, I thought well let's maximise it because you know I do love wrestling, you know. Yeah, I might not watch it, but I've still got my love there. So can we all get connected? Of course, because why Why did I get into wrestling? It was because of the characters. It was because of the stories, the wrestling kind of thing. It took a, the wrestling side that where I got injuries and made me be depressed and all this BS, all this fear that shouldn't really be there because it's this wrestling's fun, right? Um, we've got a an opportunity here 
here to create our own culture where it's a safe place for people to collaborate. And, you know, I've always said that two minds are better than one. Um, so, yes, I'm the, uh, the director or the producer. Or I don't really want to call myself as a um, promoter because I kind of don't want to compare myself to, to, to the other promoters, you know, because we are doing stuff different, you know. But um, what I want to create, I'm guard as a, a, a different place where it's safe to come and to come and collaborate and to, to get invested in the stories and to, you know, it's not just about the athleticism. Yeah, we, we, we come with all the athleticism or put on some really good athletic matches, but if we can rubber stamp that with some great um, enthralling stories, that, that's, that's what I'm in it for, you know, and I, I don't, can't remember what the original, um, question was me because I'm too busy scratching now it's um, blood I think I've answered this I've answered something <laughs> with, uh, to be honest with you I, I don't even think my question even made sense whatever it was so I wouldn't worry mm-hmm. about that it's one of those things where I absolutely love I absolutely love speaking to people who are passionate about wrestling but specifically about as weird as it sounds people who are passionate about a particular area within wrestling and I think we've uh, covered that beautifully, actually tonight. I think we've uh, I think we've saved wrestling, to be honest. We've saved it. Done. We've saved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this week it's been uh, it was it was it was dead, wasn't it? Before uh, we just decided to do this podcast. Of course, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, what I I would like to know regarding this upcoming show is uh, I know I've seen I've personally seen that there's t- uh, so far two matches announced that I've maybe missed more, so apologies if I have missed any of the other matches, but I know so far you've announced uh, Dara Diablo versus uh, Nathan Black and uh, yes. Joshua Kodak versus Drake. Um, yes. Can you give our um, our listeners any insight into why you've gone down that route with those two characters? Obviously, we're going to pin them all towards your uh, your social media accounts anyway so they can see the promos that you've uploaded because uh, they are hellishly fun, to say the very least. But what was it about these guys that you've you've um, you've announced? And can you give us a bit more insight into other people who might be on the card as well, please, Lee? Yes. So you know that that's the thing in the in the British wrestling community or circuit is you know, the like match the like match announcements and graphics and stuff like that. And you know, um, I'm a firm believer of the the motto "Show don't tell." Mm. If it, if it might be against our detriment, I don't know, but it's it's come from great storytellers like Robert De Niro and Stephen King. It's and the, the motto is "Show don't tell," and it's basically um, let's just go with promos. It's like don't it. stand in front, don't stand in front of a camera and go on August twentieth. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to blah blah blah. I'm going to blah 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 blah. <laughs> a stereotypical wrestling promo because that way, why should they come and buy a ticket? You know, it's for me. It's all about insinuation. It's all about letting the audience come up with, with their own, their own insights, their own opinions, their own. Do you know what I mean? I think having a dozen match cards, it doesn't leave nothing to the imagination. It's kind of yeah. like up there in front and. Having said that, have we gone for the stereotypical names in British wrestling? No, we haven't. Um, so putting match match cards out, um, 
I wouldn't say it would fall on 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 deaf ears or anything like that, but it's it's kind of like we want to advertise the promos or the or the said match match cards, you know, because random match cards, I, I just don't think you can, it it doesn't you don't gain anything from it, you know. Um, yeah. I could be wrong because it is a learning process, but I can guarantee on the on the twentieth of August you will have a good creative. And you'll have a good night, you know, I'm saying creative a lot, but you'll have a, a, a good night. And I think you do need that element of surprise. You do need that, um, you know, like I said, keep going back to it, sure, sure don't tell. You know, yeah. if I'm just going to, if I'm just going to blurt out everything that's on the show, then it, it, it doesn't leave, like I said, like I say, I'm repeating myself, it doesn't leave anything to the imagination. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that makes yeah. sense. That makes so, absolute sense. Where can so, uh, people find you? online to see what to see the snippets that you have put up to see these these promos that we've been talking about because it's very difficult to obviously get um the concept of a promo over um just in an audio podcast where can people see these promos mate yeah so it's on you can get us on on twitter at avant-garde rest or um insta um avant-garde rest as well um we're, we're on our we're on in the process of making our youtube channel you know so Brilliant. all the all the content will be on there, um, and like I say, we're we're going with a cinematic edge, but with the uh, with the tagline "Live Wrestling" with the, with the creative difference, and I, I think that's I think that's what we are. You know, we're we're not we're not like any other wrestling promotion on the circuit right now, and um, you know, and I just think as a promoter, can we do a little bit more? I mean, that, me and my team, we've, we've rocked over, over a hundred, hundred miles just over, over, um, um, in the last couple of weeks, you know, and it's, you know, I'm tired and it's just, you know, we, we don't want to pat on the back for that. It's just, can we get a little bit more out of our workers? Can yeah. we give a little bit more to the audience? And for me, that goes above and beyond of just putting up wrestler A against wrestler B. And you know these promos that I'm going, I'm, um, I'm going on about. You've you've alluded to there. It's um, that's our that's our creative difference, you know. And it's uh, like I say, um, get them watched, um, have your own opinions on them. And if you like them, dislike them, or in, indifferent, that, that's entirely up to you. But we want to, you know, we want to give the fans that that outlook, you know. I I can't wait. I think the thirst for British wrestling, uh, wrestling in general, but the thirst for British wrestling at the moment is insatiable. It's it's massive. It's it's back with a vengeance after everybody's been in lockdown. Uh, I've been to four or five uh, live shows since it's been okay to go to live shows, and people are a bit more chilled with people going to live shows. And fans are just so up for it that I think you've, you've not only, not only are you, tr- are you going to be delivering during a point where there's a real demand for wrestling, but it sounds like what you're going to offer is just that additional element as well of what's going to, you know, hopefully, I know it will for me, make people happy. Just, just something interesting, a different, a different spin on it. Um, that, as you say, it's maybe been done before in other guises, what have you. However, 
it's it's something to look forward to, and I I truly cannot wait, man. Honestly, there, there'd be no. I'm not lying when I said I got excited when I saw what you guys were potentially going to be about from the little that I'd read on your Twitter page. It like mentioned at the beginning here, and that our listeners know that I've taken a back seat on doing recording for about a, six or seven, seven or eight months now. The rest of the lads in the podcast are still recording and still interviewing, but I haven't in a while because I was focusing on other things. But I purposely wanted to get you guys on to hear what this was all about. And there's an excitement as well, completely from a selfish point of view, of being not only interested in something that I want to jump on top of and know all about it and get involved in listening and watching and whatever it might be but it's at the beginning and there's nothing more fun than being a fan from something from the beginning mate and I think you know this first show I think you're going to gain some new fans by the sounds of it let's put it that way um let everybody know again where it is Lee and when it's at yeah, mate. Um, well, first off, mate, I appreciate them them words. Um, that's very, like I say, it's um, very kind of you. But I appreciate um, you, you welcoming us on on your on your podcast. I know we talked briefly before this, and um, I'll be checking out your your other content um, of the, when you were name dropping Ahmed Johnson and oh, well, did man. I'm I'm all over that, but yeah, <laughs> um, we're we're on twentieth of August. At the Jubilee Club in Newcastle, and um, tickets are on sale. You can get it at Evan Bright. It's on our on our socials. Um, alternatively, you can pay on the door. Um, and like I say, we are we are live wrestling with it with a creative difference, you know, um, with a cinematic edge. And we 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 we're a product for the fans. You know, I'm a big fan myself. You know, and it's. We we just want to put on a show, and that's that's what we'll do. August twentieth at the Jubilee Club. Did I mention that? August twentieth at the Jubilee Club. Kind of weird. Avant-garde wrestling. Go and check it out, everybody. Lee, thank you so much for joining us, mate. We'll be pushing it like hell for you. Um, I'm going to be there. I can't wait for it. I know there's another member of the pod team, Pablo, who's also really interested in coming along to this one. Um. See you guys there, hopefully. Thanks for listening, everybody, and catch you all again very soon. Thanks, mate.